Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Spirit School. I am so excited to be here with you twice this week, two different episodes. I hope you enjoyed the reading with Mo episode. I had a lot of fun doing that one. And this episode is going to be how to navigate relationships that you have in your life with people who are not interested in spiritual things. So when I talk about relationships, I talk about parents, siblings, friends, colleagues, bosses, partners, lovers, husbands, children, all relationships are a go here. Okay. So I'm going to share just a little bit my experience with this. And then I did throw it out to my Instagram audience and it's actually 11, 11 as I am recording this. And so I do have some questions from the Instagram audience as well at Squamish Medium that I can try to address and answer. And then also at the end, I'm going to give you just a few tips on um, how to navigate this type of stuff. So here is a little bit of background on my experience with this. And I have shared this bits and pieces throughout the years of podcasting. So for some of you, this will just be a refresher. Um, But I have always been interested in spiritual things. I have watched mediums on TV since I was a teenager. I read a lot of spiritual books um, by different mediums. When I was a teenager and early in my 20s, I was in a paranormal investigation group for a few years in my early 20s. I used to travel the world to some haunted locations. Um, this is actually how I spent my mind, my money and my time. Um, I said mine, like combining the two words. And so I have always been very interested in spiritual things. But I can say that up until a few years ago, I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anyone in my life who was also interested in spiritual things. So this is something that is just very integrated into my life and to my life's experience kind of having this spiritual development journey as a solo journey um, but I did end up marrying someone who is incredibly skeptical um, to the point of being cynical so I will talk a little bit more, more about that coming up but I will also say that my parents were very open um, we did actually have conversations in the home about ghosts and we would have pictures and back then there's no digital pictures. It was like printed out pictures and there would be orbs. Um, I remember on my grandfather's funeral, there was a bird that kept hitting the window and it was like this red bird and it was on the day of his funeral. It was actually the day he died. It started on the day of his funeral was the last time that we saw that bird. So my parents would talk about that being him. So we did have some spiritually aware conversations. But of course, going back to those years, you know, you're so young, you don't even know how to hold a conversation yet. It is something that is kind of learned as you get older. And if I could go back, I wish that I had more of these conversations with my parents because I was so lucky that they were open to them. My parents were open to aliens. They were open to a lot of different things, but it wasn't everyday conversations at the table without a doubt. But I do remember different conversations. My dad would actually watch John Edwards with me on TV. Um, It was a show that we all loved watching together as a family was crossing over with John Edwards. 
I will also say that my first marriage um, to my first husband, I was very, very young when I married him. I think I was like 18 or 19. Um, and he's quite a bit older than me. But he was also very supportive of my ghost hunting um, because he used to work for NASCAR. So he was gone all the time. I'm sure anyone who's into motorsports knows that that is an insane schedule. And so I used to do all my ghost hunting when he was away, which was all the time. So he did support me in buying me equipment. And when we got to travel the world he used to say where do you want to go now I could have asked to go anywhere and I always just wanted to go to Scotland (laughs) so I was like take me to Scotland like I need to get to Scotland and I used to spend time at Chillingham Castle um, which was a castle that was on the Scottish English border um, built in 1066 and it was a very violent place where they would house and prison and kill Scottish prisoners um during you know all the years of battling between England and Scotland and so he would take me to the tower and book nights in the tower so we could actually stay there and go to the tower or go to the tunnels of Edinburgh and um all the haunted locations there so I I have been supported in my past and I think it's important to note but as I went into mediumship what happened was I gave birth to a girl and then synchronicity just unfolded one thing after the other and I ended up on the mediumship development journey and that was very different for me this was very different it felt very dharmic for one thing but the essence that I got from myself back then when I was first exploring my mediumship abilities was one of embarrassment Um, not like I was embarrassed to tell people as a medium, but I felt so much that I didn't know I was a medium at the time. People kept telling me I was a medium. I had a few mediumistic experiences at that time, but actually declaring and saying I am a medium was something that did not feel amazing. I was scared to say it. I didn't tell a whole lot of people about it. And I do remember my daughter was about eight months at the time and I had gone to see the medium twice. I you know played with the idea of doing these development classes I told him I was going to meditation classes that's what I was investing in back in 2013 2014 and one day I said to him I have something to tell you and he looked at me like oh god what and this is my now husband my first husband we divorced after four years together it was awful I'll share that story one day um but it was horrific maybe I'll save it for the book um but my husband now who I'm still with and it's been 14 years we've been together uh he was like what and I said I am a medium and the first thing he said to me was he looked me dead in the eyes I had the baby in my arms he said you're not going to quit your job are you and I don't know how he went from that to that but yeah we've been working a lot through scarcity in our marriage together we have different mindsets when it comes to like money and abundance um I have one just so you know he has seen how abundance and manifesting works and he trusts me now but at the beginning it was very tactile it was very transactional um it was a lot of lack um in the mindset So his response was kind of in that vibration of lack and mindset. I'm pretty sure at that time he thought I was going to quit my job and pursue mediumship full time. That could not be the furthest thing from the truth. But what did end up happening was I invested a lot in my development and development. If you do it um, with like proper training is not very cheap. I mean, you can develop on your own. There are great examples of mediums out there. Laura Lynn Jackson is one. If you read her book, The Light Between Us, she's a really good example of a phenomenal medium who is self-developed and has never been mentored. So you don't have to have mentors to develop. 
You could read books, listen to podcasts, have spirit guide you if you have a really trust, you know, if you trust your connection with spirit guides and stuff like that, like you don't need to put in a lot of money. But the route that I chose is that there was a teacher aligned to me who taught these classes and I took her classes for years and there was never a break in the time that I took her classes. Um, so it was expensive and we didn't have a lot of money back then. So my husband's cynicism and skepticism in my development was really financial based and based in lack and fear that I was taking away from the family. There were also times when I was accused of being selfish because, you know, and not in a mean way, my husband is phenomenal and I can totally understand where he was coming from because my husband plays volleyball every Sunday in the summers and he's gone for six or seven hours and that's kind of his his passion that's what he does he plays beach volleyball and he has a group of friends he plays with and they just started up playing again he couldn't do during COVID unfortunately but my equivalent to volleyball back in 2000-2014 which was really early on in our marriage is only like year three or four in our marriage it was hard for him to see me not only financially invest in my development, but every Sunday I would leave the house at seven and I wouldn't come back till five because I traveled 400 kilometers to like get there and back to this class plus five hours at the class. So it was a huge financial and time commitment, especially because I was working full time as well. So once a month I would be gone for an entire day. So it did create a lot of friction in our marriage and a lot of um, and I'd say this very jokingly, but resentment, <laughs> I was telling the initiation circle, I was like, I can feel my husband's resentment. Like it's, it's something tangible that I can feel. And this all kind of stemmed from back then. Now to give you a little bit more background here too, is that me and my husband Rhett met working on a race team we both worked for Subaru Rally Team Canada he built the cars I was kind of the rally mama I did a lot of the logistics and the marketing um, liaising between the series the TV sponsors and our sponsor which was Subaru and Yokohama so I was very much into motorsports and I always was and I've always worked in motorsports since I left high school and so this was like 10 years in the industry when I met him and so then I all of a sudden I get pregnant and I have this baby and I start exploring mediumship you fundamentally and foundationally change when you start evolving spiritually whether you're doing spiritual mediumship development spiritual development reiki development you change as a person and so I think a lot of the skepticism and cynicism was actually just kind of unprocessed confusion because I'm changing, I'm choosing to meditate every day. I'm choosing to go to these development classes. I start collecting crystals. I start doing some things that are more ceremonial. There's pendulums in the house. All of a sudden there's like oracle cards and, and tarot cards. And so here was my husband who was the same person when I met him. And then all of a sudden the woman he decided to spend his life with is changing quickly and quite drastically. I didn't have a whole lot of interest in hockey and motorsports after that, whereas a lot of our bonding before having the baby and before, you know, developing my mediumship was spent waking up to watch the Formula One races and, you know, buying a video game and like finishing the video game all day. And for those who don't know, I used to be a world ranked video gamer. Like I was very much in my masculine in a lot of my, you know, up till about 27, 28, or I lie, 31. <laughs> Holy, I met my husband when I was 27, but I started developing as a medium when I was 31. So here I am changing and he's not changing. And so I could understand where a lot of that 
you know, skepticism may have stemmed from is like this confusion. Like, how do I take in this woman that I love, but who is like changing at every level? And then from my lens, it's like, how can I stay with somebody who is not willing or interested in growing and evolving themselves? So these are like a lot of the early dynamics that we had when one person is developing and the other person is not. And I'm sure me just saying that a lot of people are feeling seen right now. And in those really early days, I would try to have conversations with him about the things that I'm doing, but there was just no interest there. He didn't want to hear about it. He didn't believe it. Every time I would tell him in a class that his ex-girlfriend would come through or his dad would come through, he didn't want to hear about it. He just, he doesn't believe in it. But he used to always say to me, he's like, I don't believe in what you're talking about. He's like, but I believe in you. So as long as you're having fun and you're enjoying it, then what can I do? But there is this kind of like awkward time, especially when you're first developing and you're first getting interested in is pretty all in. It's pretty full on. It's like there is a time for us who are developing where we're like, I don't know how to talk to people anymore. I don't know how to have small talk conversations. I don't know how to talk about my day job when all I want to talk about is the message my spirit guide gave me yesterday. So when I talk about relationships, I'm talking mostly about my husband right now. This also showed up in a lot of my friendships. And I remember when I first had my baby, I would hike with this one friend every single morning. And I was developing on the side and having all these miraculous conversations and she would just want to talk about like property um and you know troubles with her family and all this kind of stuff and I actually kind of bowed out of the friendship because she did make one comment around spirituality and religion that was very closed off and though I did really enjoy her company for many months I did have to make that conscious choice and saying is this how I want to spend my time and who I want to spend my time with like I just felt so uncomfortable in small talk but with my husband the father of my child (laughs) you can't really just say I'm not feeling in alignment anymore. I felt very much with my husband and I'll explain this later on in the episode as we move through some of the questions. But I had a realization very early on, I'm changing. He's not changing. He is still the man I fell in love with and that I married and chose to spend the rest of my life with. And me and my husband are forever thing. I declare it now, we're forever thing. And I don't doubt that for a second, even though he's still doesn't believe in mediumship (laughs) eight years later and um I had to kind of realize that I'm the one who's changed and so I actually had to end up giving him a lot more space and grace in his skepticism and in his cynicism and understand that like I am not the same woman he married I am not the same woman that he fell in love with in my essence for sure I am but the way I talk the things I'm interested in are completely changed and so just by kind of reversing the roles and understanding that perspective really made me be much more gentle in my relationship now I think a lot more of me and my husband's story will come through Um, the questions so I'll kind of leave that experience there but I will say on Instagram there's a lot of requests to have my husband come on the podcast episode and like ask me questions and you guys wanted to know more about him from his perspective but he was a big hell no and I went downstairs last weekend after you guys asking that and I said hey my audience wants to know something um, if you'll do something and he said as long as I don't have to be on your podcast or be shown on Instagram or social media that's fine 
And so, you know, he says it with a smile on his face, but my husband is a painfully shy person and he has zero interest in being the center of any attention. He is the most kind, warm-hearted, service-orientated person I have ever met. His dream life is fixing up this house, playing with his kids, loving on his wife, going to work, coming back. He he has a great life and he loves not being spiritually aware. He's not suffering in any way, shape or form. So I really want that to be said as well because sometimes we can have this illusion that people who are not into spiritually awakening or spiritually evolving means that they're stagnant or there's discontentment in their life. My husband is a very happy and content person and so... I don't want people to think that you have to be intentionally spiritually growing to have a fulfilled life here on planet earth in this embodiment. So let's accept that as well. Okay. Our friends are doing okay. Even if they're not interested in the things that we're not interested in. I promise. Now I will say too that the second coming out experience I had, which was with a boss, um, that was very uncomfortable for me. And I just want to give you guys the real reels on all this, right? I was in an organization that I loved. Um, I was doing very intentional and purposeful work within that corporate structure. Um, I did outgrow and come out of alignment with that corporate structure after eight years of being in the company. But I had many amazing years there, many. And there was a woman there. um, I'm not going to name her name because I don't have her permission. But she was somebody I admired and still admire to this day from the depths of my heart. And she was somebody who really gave me every experience as somebody who didn't come in with anything but a high school education into a corporate world where PhDs were hired and master's degrees were basically the bare minimum. And she gave me every single opportunity working under her to show me what I was made of and that I was a leader and that my lack of secondary education did not limit me from being you know, amongst these incredibly qualified people. And so she would make me a boss. She gave me project management positions. Um, She gave me some of the highest exposure projects to work on. She loved me and I loved her and I respected the pants off of her. So in between my first baby and my second baby was three years. And when I went back to work after a year of 100% dedicating to my mediumship development I was so changed when I went back I was pretty convinced I wasn't supposed to be there but I was supposed to be there and the raises kept coming and the promotions kept coming and I basically tried to work under her as much as possible and so when I went on my second mat leave and this was after a near-death experience it was the time that I kind of came out of the spiritual closet on a grander scale. It's like when I launched my website, when I opened up a social media platform, when people could book me through a system instead of having to just reach out to me because they would have heard about me, which is how I ran my practice for many years. You would have had to have heard about me to get a reading by me. And I really enjoyed that um, simplicity in my life. And I never did have a dream or desire to be known or famous. Like, And I'm not saying I am now, but that was never kind of one of my intentions for starting this podcast or you know, being a public figure um, as a medium now which is still kind of hard for me to accept, even on the scale that I am now, which is, you know, pretty small in comparison to a lot of the people that I admire. But I remember the moment where I asked my boss on my mat leave, we get a year in Canada, fully paid. And I said, can we have lunch? 
and I'll bring my baby. You can meet my baby. And she was like, yeah, come, come, come. And I brought sushi because that's my favorite food. And we sat and I said, so I have something to tell you. And she was pretty certain I was going to tell her I wasn't coming back. (laughs) And I basically said, I'm a medium and you're going to be seeing things online while I'm on this mat leave because I really want to explore the side of my passion. And her response to me was so uncomfortable. She couldn't look me in the eyes. She was basically, I don't want to talk about this, but you do you. It's all good as long as it doesn't interfere with work here. That's fine. But it was not a very receptive and warm coming out party. Okay. So despite that, despite that awkwardness, despite obviously another person in my life who I admire and love deeply, not accepting my abilities or my gifts, I still steam forward regardless right? And she's never talked to me about it. We actually um, left the organization at the same time. Um, Not planned, by the way. (laughs) I'm sure some people wondered, but not planned. Um, But we still keep in touch. And she's like, how are you doing? How's your business? Good, good, good. How's yours? Okay, good, good, good. Um, But she'll never ask me kind of spiritual things. And it's so hard because you just want to share everything. So just to give you a little bit of background on experiences that I have had coming out of the spiritual closet that were not well received um, or you know reciprocated as far as like interest goes so hopefully those kind of help you see what I've kind of come through when it comes to this topic and I remember one final thing was I was in this group of mom friends who were still friends today it's been seven years we still have daily conversations with one another even though we're scattered around now um, around the world for some time but I remember being friends with these people um, being a new mom not knowing what the f I was doing as a new mom And having these friends who clearly knew what they were doing. And I was developing mediumship on the side. I mean, it was a long time before I even came out to them. And I remember coming out to one of my friends who... Uh, was is a close friend she's godmother to my children Um, she's legally somebody who I'm going to leave to my kids if god forbid something happens to me and my husband were that close and um, it was hard too because she didn't really have an interest in mediumship and she kind of countered my coming out with a story about cults so then I was like okay so then I see that you know, this is somebody who sees maybe what I do in that same kind of vibrational lens as cults. So I haven't had very many amazing coming out stories, but we'll get to that as we kind of roll through the questions as well. So I'll leave that kind of past and background there and let's move on to some of these questions you guys have. Actually, if I can, before I get into these questions, I really want to update you on where me and my husband are at now. Okay. So about two years ago, so this was about four, five and a half, five, five and a half years into my development, maybe three, four years into my spiritual business, he finally started asking me, how are your readings today? And I would just say, awesome. Thank you. It was fun. Um, I have learned with him that if I go into details, he kind of squints and I lose him a little bit. So, you know, he's not there yet, but this reciprocal respect started happening he knew that this wasn't going anywhere it was actually funny a few years ago um elizabeth nurland who teaches reiki and she teaches yoga here in town she did this yoga festival and she asked me if i would come and do readings um and so i was like sure i mean this was really early on in my career so i was like absolutely and my husband was helping me set up the table and i had somebody come up to me and they were crying they're like 
oh my God, he gave me a reading last year. Thank you so much. So much has changed for me. And she was so happy. And my husband didn't say anything to me, but he was there to witness it. And I knew that he heard it and I just left it. And he started seeing these things kind of happen. Even if we'd go to a grocery store, someone would approach me and be like, I got a reading with you last year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So he was able to actually see that I was making an impact, which was kind of nice. And we never talked about it. He never commented on it, but there were a few situations where he was able to actually witness that, which was incredible. And even more recently, I had this incredibly lovely message come through about how my podcast is helping this woman out there and I called my husband at work to read it and he was actually really proud of me so we've come a long way we are definitely not having conversations about spirit or mediumship or astrology or anything that lights me up but I have other people that fulfill me in that way and it is my belief that we cannot expect our partners and I'm talking about husbands and partners here to be our absolutely everything they can't be our only source of stimulation they can't be our only source of joy they can't be our only source of happiness they can't be our only source of you know talking about spiritual things We cannot expect our partners to be that everything for us or we're putting impossible expectations on our relationships and our partners. So I have other people that I have these fulfilling conversations with and me and my husband have fulfilling conversations about our kids and so and about our different passions and he loves talking about work so I'll listen to him talk about work and then I'll talk about my business. He's actually listed on my business and that's actually how I started incorporating him into so that he didn't feel like I was a totally different person with this other life. I started asking him questions. I'm like, I'm about to incorporate. Like, what do you think about this name? Like, how do you think I should structure my business? So I put him on my business title and he's not 50-50, right? But he's on the board. (laughs) Sounds so weird to say. And he has like a voting right. Um, And that actually helped him feel more engaged in my life and in my practice and now every single day he'll ask me how are your sessions today and I love that and that's so big for us and I accept that and I'm like you meet me there and I feel fulfilled with you meeting me here so thank you who knows where we'll be in 10 years maybe we'll be like a Larry and you know Long Island Media maybe he'll like come on the road with me who knows but I accept him for kind of coming in at his own pace and he accepts me for being the woo badass lady that I am too. And I was talking about our kids moons. I was saying, my husband, do you understand that our daughter is a Leo rising in her first house? And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, this chick's going places. Okay. No one has this kind of placement and is not going places. And he just laughs at me and we just kind of have fun and we make it funny. So I approach him with humor all the time. Um, As you guys probably know, if you follow me on Instagram, like I am very spiritual, but I am very, um, I'm a jokester, right? I don't take everything super seriously either. Um, I mean, Mondays probably speak to that. Different things I post in my stories probably speak to that. And that's kind of my approach in my everyday life. Okay, now for real reels, I'm getting to the questions. So my good friend, I'm not going to name names, but I have a good friend here who gave me three comments um, and she said, oh my God, where to start? (laughs) Okay, and then her next question is, how do you stay strong in your identity and power when your partner is skeptical? My very truth is that we need to get right with ourselves. We need to be confident in our own spirit, in our own way of being, and everything else is extra. 
So again, we can't rely on partners or anything outside of ourselves to help us stay in our power or else we're just dealing with conditional power. We're only powerful when we're being validated. We're only powerful when people are complimenting us. We're only powerful when people are giving us feedback. That is conditional power. So if you can find your own inner power and feel powerful despite criticism, skepticism, um, things not working out to the highest of expectations that you had, then you have real power, sustainable power. So that has been a journey for me. I have not always had long lasting power. It's only been in the past couple years. And even that I'm tested here or there. So I would encourage you to feel so confident and powerful in your own spirituality and in your own passions that if they get on board or if they are not on board, you don't dip in your power or you don't question your power or else you just have conditional power. So that's how I stay in my power. I own it. I feel powerful all the time and I don't want to say powerful as like some sort of like machoism or, you know, corporate power. This is like I am a spirit that is indestructible and unwavering and that is the essence of who I am. And I am so connected to that essence because of all the spiritual work that I do that if I get compliments, if I get kudos, if I get praise or positive feedback, it's just extra. It doesn't identify me. It doesn't make me feel more powerful. It just lights me up and it's extra bonus on top. I hope that helps. So if you're feeling like your husband's skepticism is disempowering you in any way, you're living in a world of conditional power at this moment. And so you want to work to get yourself really standing in your power. And this is how come mediumship development and self-improvement and like self-development have to go hand on hand have to and you don't have to wait until you have full power to express your power through doing mediumship readings or something else you can learn as you go and that's actually a really great way to do it um the next question she had around this was when you want to talk about being from a distant galaxy but he wants to talk about dirt bikes there has to be some give or take right there has to be some give or take so you got to listen to the dirt bike thing and learn about it and enjoy talking about those kind of topics if you want or expect him to love and hear you talk about your galaxy stuff. So if there is a situation where, like I'll just use my husband as an example, he talks to me about work and volleyball and he does not let me talk about my spirituality and the things that I'm doing, that is a complete imbalance and that is something that you guys have to learn to navigate through. I cannot recommend the book The Love Language is Enough because we're typically walking around speaking our own love languages. I'm words of affirmation. My husband is acts of services. So when I'm telling my husband, you did so good, thank you for redoing the bathroom bathroom sinks this weekend that doesn't light him up but if I go take out the trash or recycling or I go to the recycling depot without him having to remind me that the glass thing is full that lights him up so we need to learn what our partners love languages so that we can speak each other's languages in all different topics and facets so that we can engage with one another in meaningful ways so I do recommend that you can do the quiz online you may not even have to read the book there's podcasts on it I do recommend it though and so if your husband is quality time and his his idea of getting quality time is you listening to him talk about dirt bikes, but your your love language is acts of services and your idea is can you just come take this class with me or will you come watch the show with me and, and do that for me, you guys will find much more fulfillment with one another. So it's incorporating your interests 
in alignment with the way that you two should be communicating with each other and and showing up for one another based off of your love languages. It's got to be some give and take. And I will say that me and my husband have not always had a perfect. There was a time a few years ago where I did consider walking away because I felt like we were living two complete different existences and the resentment that I was feeling from him was just too much. And so I had to have a conversation with him and say, look, like, my mediumship is not going anywhere. My development is not going anywhere. You clearly still have some built up resentment around it. And I am not going to stick around to have you figure it out. If you're not willing to open and have these conversations with me, what can I do? I've done everything I've can. This has been all give and no take, right? And so I need something back from you. And he was finally able to open up that he felt jealous that he didn't have a very similar passion. So that conversation was the big pivot in our marriage. And it we've been great since then. And so I had to reiterate to him because maybe there was a story going on in his mind that he didn't have the freedom to explore his passions. And I said, you can take all the time and financial resources you need to figure out what it is you're passionate about. Please don't feel held back by me. And if we need to work on a schedule as a family that makes you feel, you know, seen and like not too much weight is on you, then let's do that. So for two years, I could not work on weekends. So what did I have to do? I went to my work and said, I can't work full time. I have this other passion. I'm willing to give up this job here to pursue this passion. And they didn't want to lose me. So they gave me Fridays off. So these were big open conversations that completely changed our lives. My work was like, nope, four days is better than none. You work four days, you get Fridays off, you to explore this mediumship, and then I get the weekends with my husband. Everyone is happy. It's win, win, win. But those were scary times and scary conversations. But if you're passionate about something, it is so worth walking through that fear. So I hope that was very helpful. Um, do you ever feel disheartened or unseen by my husband not believing in me? No, never. Um, of course, when I talk about that situation, me kind of having enough, it took me about five years to reach that point. I was very patient for a very long time and he had to know how I felt. He can't read my mind and believe it or not, I cannot read his mind. I can read his energy. (laughs) I can read when he's not happy, but I can't read the why he has to kind of open up to that for me. But no, I don't because again, much like the first question, I am fully in my power And so everything else is just bonus. If you can get right with your core and with your center, not a whole lot can mess with you or move you. And sometimes there will be things that come and trigger you, but they just show you where your gaps are and you need those moments too. So no, I don't. And I do invite you to look at if you feel unseen or disheartened, I bet you this situation is just igniting that insecurity that stems from something else so it could very well be that you felt unseen or disappointed often as a kid from your parents and though your partner is mirroring that and putting a spotlight on that they're actually not the source of that feeling unseen and disheartened it is likely another situation that goes back and deeper that um, is the um, influence for that feeling so I invite you to look at that as well 
So I have another question that says letting go of the need of approval from your partner. Again, that need for approval from your partner is likely not stemming from your partner at all. That need for approval is likely stemming from another experience. It could come up in your working life, in your career. It could come up in a relationship with your parents. A lot of stuff does stem from our parents. Um, It could be this fear of being overlooked as a kid at sports team, like being picked last. So this need for approval from partner likely stems from somewhere else that the partner was aligned to you to highlight this gap in your life. So if you can identify where this need to be approved stems from and heal that aspect of yourself, then your disapproval from partner will probably roll off of your back. And actually what you'll find is if you can heal that aspect of yourself that needs that approval, they likely will, you'll find, and this is funny when this happens, because it doesn't affect you like that, they don't show up like that for you anymore. They won't voice their disapproval or they will actually start showing the approval that you were yearning for. But once you come from a place of self-fulfillment, right? Again, I talk about conditional power. If we're only feeling approved, if our partners voice their approval for us, we're working in the realm of conditional power and not true power. So I hope that helps. Um, Yeah, and because I am somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, I just have to constantly remind him and just say, you know, it comes up a lot for us in the acts of services that go unrecognized. If his love language is his acts of service and I'm cooking like literally eight meals a day because everyone eats differently in this house and I don't get it, that was a great dinner, hun. I'm having to remind him every night, how was dinner? And so then he'll remember, he'll be like, it was great, honey. Thank you so much for all this effort. <laughs> and we'll get that. So again, this is understanding and training and and letting your husband know what you need from them to feel that approval, right? And then working on the self-approval so that that's just extra. That's just bonus. I hope that helps. Um, so two more questions I have. One is where to find validating support systems. So... I'm going to plug my initiation circle here and I'm so sorry, (laughs) but I created this community so that women and men alike, there are no men who have joined, but I'm not against having men. Um, I mentor quite a few men, so they are in my world, but this is a space where you can make lifelong connections with other people who are interested in the same thing, have daily conversations, learn amongst each other. So you need to find your people. So I created the initiation circle, which is a monthly membership for you guys to get to know one another, have these kind of conversations. This is something I didn't have early on in my development. It was a very solo journey. The internet was around in 2013, guys, but I was in the motorsports industry. I did not sit at a desk all day. I did not sit at a computer all day. I was working in the shop. I was mingling with sponsors. I was like counting parts. I was ordering parts. I was shipping parts. Like I did not spend all my day in front of a computer. So at that point in time, I was only a year and a half into my corporate gig. Going online for me was not something that was natural. So there could have been things online back then that I was not aware of. So the only time I got to have spiritual conversations was in the once a month class that I had and it wasn't a whole lot of talking and mingling it was a lot of being talked at and doing the exercises and I'm appreciative of those days but I wish I had something like the initiation circle back then I truly truly wish so again in my business and my practice I'm always trying to create things I wish I had 
And this is that thing, the initiation circle. It's only $97 a month Canadian. You get tons of classes, tons of exercises, tons of resources, and a community. There's over 70 women in there right now. It's a very active and engaged community. And it's a space for you to be open, vulnerable, ask questions, see that you're not alone in what you're going through. So find your people. While you join something like the initiation circle, or you put yourself out there and make connections on Instagram or the social media platform, you're on or even in your community so if you take a development class like I have the initiation coming up um, opens next week I have three, four women who took the first round of that last July who have a podcast together now. They are on completely different areas of the world or not the world, but North America. And they have a podcast together and they talk to each other all the time. So they found their tribe. They found their people um, through these different experiences. So in my world, the initiation and the initiation circle, which is the six week program and the monthly membership are two ways that you can meet people who will, you'll be able to have these validating support systems and whatever that looks like in your world you'll have to feel into what resonates with you Um, but the more you put yourself out there the more that you're going to get back um, from those experiences okay I lie I put up a little question bubble on my Instagram stories today and I had two more questions come up Um, so I'm just going to quickly answer those so how to not take it personally when others don't believe well one of the successes between me and my husband is I've never tried to convince him that what I do is real or what I do is awesome even though it is awesome and anyone who does this work will be able to attest that it is awesome I don't even waste my time or energy because there's no point if he's curious I'm available for questions but But I can't take it personally if I'm not trying to convince somebody of my beliefs. And I don't think that that is our role. And Teresa Caputo talks about this a lot on her TV show where she says, I'm not here to convince you that this is real. And I can't reiterate that enough. So I don't take it personally. I, you know, I shared this on Instagram, but last year, not 2020, but 2019 at my husband's Christmas party, um, we did this like he had a big company it was like 80 people there and this couple sat down in front of me and they looked at me and I was a month away from going full-time in my spiritual practice so my we were already decided at that time that that's what I was doing and so they sat down next to me and they said oh what do you do and for the first time ever I said I'm a medium and they're like what's that and I said well I help communicate with departed loved ones to bring healing and hope to those still living and they got up and left the table (laughs) <laughs> and it turned out that they were fundamentalists, um, which is fine. I'm not against any religion at all. I do think there are some that are definitely a bit more extreme than others. <laughs> but, you know, they were very offended that that's the work that I did. And so they left the table. I was unmoved. I was like, awesome. And I went on about my day. And it's something that I can kind of like laugh about. So again, being right with your spirit, being completely in your power in this life and feeling that power and not having that conditional power will make sure that you don't feel that. And this is something, you know, I had a mentor bring to me because I would go to them with all my insecurities. I'm like, this client said this and this client said this and this client said this. And he's like, Danielle, when you get centered with yourself and you realize who the heck you are, none of that is going to penetrate your energy at all and he was so so right so I actually started meditating every single day getting to know who I was at the core of my being and once I felt so connected to her and that power center nothing gets in my way anymore so 
I invite you to play with that philosophy and see if that's something that resonates with you. The final question, how do you, how to spiritually develop when you're living with skeptics making it unsafe to practice? Now, unsafe is a very powerful word. So there's extremes here. Like, do they, like, as a narcissist, like, attack you if you're doing this? Are they constantly berating you? Like, if that is the case, then it's not about the spiritual development. That is an unsafe atmosphere, which I would encourage you to explore if that's even the energy that you want to be in, full stop, from life, right? But if it's like, you know, skeptic and my husband would just roll his eyes every time, um, though I don't consider that to be unsafe, I just like hope one day he gets to have experience. I actually used to tell him, I used to be like, you know, it's people like you that get all the cool experiences. <laughs> so I'm jealous, right? right now. Um, So I just did it anyways. That's how drawn to mediumship development was. All the hard time I got from my husband about spending the family money on it, all the Sundays away. I originally just kind of took it to the chin. I just said, you know, I'm just so passionate about this. I was not in my power. I was not able to fully convince him. But the fact of the matter is he loves me. This man loves me. And so I would just have to remind him of that love and just say, you know, you love me for this aspect. He used to always say, I love you because you're so positive. I'm like, that positive girl has not changed just because I am spiritually developing now. And he'd be like, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm like, so I haven't changed in that respect. And so I just did it, honey. I just did it. I did it because I love me more than I love him. And I want to please me and live my best life more than I want him to live his best life. I want him to love his life as much as I love mine. And I'm not going to be doing that by giving in to him all the time and handing over all my power to him. That's not what love is. And so what's happened is in my relationship, and he will even admit to this, is he has seen me grow and evolve and develop despite his skepticism. He has seen me manifest money opportunities, a lifestyle for standing in my power and doing things despite that, it makes him want to live his lifestyle like mine. So I'm just living my best life over here and he can choose to hop on board or stay where he is. I love and accept him for either choice that he makes. I will show up for him no matter what choice he makes. And I will show up in a very consistent way because I know who I am. And so he has seen me do all this and now he's always questioning his path and he's like, I think I want to do this. I want to do this. Awesome. This was not who he was seven years ago. And so just go live your best life, my friend. Go live your best, most expansive life and and be right with yourself and they will catch up or they won't. And that's going to be okay and you will learn to accept that fully. So I hope that this episode helps. I hope that there's inspiration in here that will help you. So a couple things I want to say if you're in this situation right now where you haven't quite found your power and you are in this relationship with a skeptical husband or the skeptical partner or friendship, find something that you both do have in common that you can spend time talking about. Yes, you're a spiritual person. All you want to talk about is spirituality, but you are also a having, uh, human having this human experience. So be a human with them. What are you both passionate about? Me and my husband both love our kids. We love our home. So the time we spent together is talking about the kids and talking about home. He loves his job. So I listen to him talk about his work. He knows I love spiritual stuff. So I talk about the spiritual stuff. You will get to that point, but find something common that you guys have that you can spend talking about. 
and look outside of your relationships to be fulfilled in this area of your life. Stop expecting the people in your life to be your everything. It's impossible and you're just setting people up for failure. So if you need a community of light workers and spiritual people to talk to, find them. And then find what you originally loved in your partner and honor that piece of them that you fell in love with and know that that hasn't changed and understand that you're changing. They may not be changing and just because they don't want to change doesn't mean that they're not in alignment with you anymore. Maybe you can grow and evolve despite that and then maybe once down the road they may feel inspired to make these incredible changes on their own. So I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear your stories. Let me know um, if this resonated, if it landed. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that sharing some of my experiences helps you navigate some of your future ones. All right, sending you guys my love. Have a good one. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit School. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you for tagging me on Instagram at Squamish Medium so I can also share. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you're interested in working with me in my one-on-one mentorship, a reading, or all the various programs that I run, you can go to squamishmedium.com or check me out on Instagram at Squamish medium the link in the bio has everything i am currently working on in service to the world of spirit have a great day guys